Hello. Um, thanks uh, for the band for that. That was wonderful. I really appreciate that. So I uh, hope you're feeling, uh, sitting comfortably. Hope you've had a nice time of worship and praise and prayer. Let's get into God's word, shall we? And uh, Mark's gospel chapter 11. Um, we will be jumping about on Mark's gospel as we travel uh, through the teachings of Jesus. Uh, so uh, feel free to, uh, to open your Bible or open your phones to that uh, where necessary. Here we have um, a picture, um, the scene of Jesus coming in to Jerusalem as king. N.T. Wright says this is a, a royal reception. We are focusing on this week, actually. I think for some of us, that's all we can focus on. If that, maybe just today. Uh, it's, it's a tough time. It is really tough times. And I can't imagine how it might be for you for, at a, in a time such as this. Um, none of us uh, expected this and who would have thought it a month ago that uh, we'd be doing life like this? Who would have thought it that a carpenter um, and almost a nobody would be riding into Jerusalem as king and held as king of David? Um, coming in from the east, he would have been greeted by a whole crowd of people excited about the festivals, excited about the um, fulfilment of the scriptures and the promises of the prophets. Jesus would have been coming in from the east and on the west side would have been Pontius Pilate coming in as a representative of um, the, uh, the emperor um, uh, um, Tiberius, I think it was, coming in and... Um, he would have had his entourage of, uh, of military presence and power and he would have been coming in because um, he would need to be there to keep order and stability as these weeks could land up becoming quite, uh, quite difficult to manage, particularly with little um, sort of extremist groups rising up. The zealots were often a little bit fiery at times. So here we have um, the beginning of the week of all weeks. This week in the life of Jesus was a big week. It was bigger and still is bigger than Christmas. How did you manage to get through last week? I bet last week for some of you was a big deal. I bet it was tough. I bet you wish it wasn't the way it was. I wonder how you got through. However you got through, you got through it. Now you're probably thinking, how am I going to get through next week? What is going to happen next week? How is it going to pan out each day? I might not be able to give you answers to that one. In this story of Jesus coming in in his big week, they didn't know how it was going to pan out that week. We know the, the story now. We know how it pans out. We know what happens by the end of the week. It gets a lot worse. But it was the beginning of the great celebration of Israel's freedom. They had hope that the full freedom that is promised from God was going to come. We have that hope still today that the full freedom, the full wholeness, the full revelation of Jesus is going to come. 
but yet we still face the reality of it's not good at the moment and I'm not looking forward to next week. It's become a bit of a big deal for me. And it's not like the Monday blues of, oh, I've got to go back to work. Oh, I wish I could go back to work. Some people will be screaming. However you managed to get through last week, you got through it. And I hope this message helps you to get through this coming week. I've got a little clip that I'd like to show you because this clip spoke to me some years ago of a boy and his faith. It is actually called a little boy. And if you're in a place of uncertainty, instability, being unsettled, being fearful and feeling a bit guilty and lacking in faith, let me encourage you through this clip how a little boy's faith looked absolutely ridiculous. This little boy um, shows how his faith challenged him and indeed all those around him. It's about a little boy who is um, the inspiration of the story. A seven-year-old boy who is willing to do whatever it takes to end World War II. So he can bring his father home. His dad's gone off to war and he had such a relationship with his dad that he yearned for his father to be with him. The story re reveals the indescribable love a father has for his little boy and the love a son has for his father. We enter this story, this film, uh, uh, where the little boy is challenged by his older brother about bringing dad back. Watch this clip. How? How are you going to bring dad back, you idiot? Like, like, with the mustard seed. You can move a mountain. Fine. Wanna move a mountain? There's one. Go ahead. Move it. Move it! Move it for everyone! You don't have to do it. He's just trying to humiliate you. Hey, 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 hey! hey. Not now! boy's faith seems to have got him into a lot of trouble. It caused people to doubt. It caused people to get angry. The, 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 the power of this boy's faith didn't move the mountain. It didn't even do anything. But as you watch that clip and you watch some people, I wonder how many people it did actually move.
See, faith does get you into trouble. A lot of faith can get you into a lot of trouble. A little faith can get you into a lot of trouble. Isn't it a challenge for those that follow Jesus Christ? Because we're supposed to have this supernatural faith that doesn't matter because God will sort it all out. Well, I wish he would, but he doesn't always seem to sort everything out. Not the things that I'm facing, he doesn't seem to sort out. He, he didn't answer my prayer when my computer wasn't working. I was saying, Jesus, please just let it work. But it didn't get fixed. I'm still computerless to a degree. I'm still having to wrestle with my computer issues. It's probably more me than it is the computer, but we won't go there for now. See, Jesus' story of coming into Jerusalem is a story of faith. A faith the Son has in the Father and the faith the Father has in the Son and the effect that this faith has on other people. How the faith of the Father in the Son, from the Son to the Father, causes people's faith to increase and to be moved. We know by the end of the week their faith drops, it plummets so far down that it almost feels like it was pointless. But picture the scene here, okay? This is a celebration of all celebrations. <clears throat> and the, the, the whole crowd, the whole of Jerusalem seems to be out for the party. There are people traveling from miles to get it, tens of thousands of people coming for miles. And there's families, friends from afar, people coming for the first time, heard about this festival. I remember going to a festival called uh, Boomtown. Now, this is a festival of some 50,000, 60,000 people. It is absolutely electrifying. This must have been electrifying. People, business would have been there selling all merchandise. It would have been the hub of the world to be. It is the place where God lives, the temple of God, the place where God sits and forgiveness is given. This is the place to go to be cleansed. This is the, go, the place to go to connect with God. This is the most prominent place for the whole of Israel. It was beaming with life. There was excessive excitement. Not to try to, um, to put it in the same level, but there was a sort of an excitement of me hopefully coming to Breton. I cer certainly felt that for myself and I felt that from other people. And then we're hit with this coronavirus that's causing us to think, hold on a minute. But it doesn't stop us. I want you to try to imagine the greatest celebration that you've ever been to in your life. The greatest time where you've felt such exhilarating excitement. Maybe a family celebration, maybe a birthday, maybe a, uh, a birth, maybe um, an anniversary, maybe Christmas, maybe um, just a big street party, maybe a jubilee. Maybe you have many in mind. Maybe a World Cup that gets you going. Well, I want to share with you um, about a date in June, the 28th of June, 1997. It's at Wembley Stadium with 50,000 other people cheering for one man and it wasn't football. This man's name was Jesus. 
And the title of this festival, this, this celebration was Champion of the World. I don't know if you remember it, but it was the first Christian um, festival, if you like, that um, I'd really gone to where so many people had gathered. It was a Christian festival celebration to mark the glorious name of Jesus Christ. It was here that Noel Richards sung his final song, Champion of the World. Alongside people like Sue Rinaldi, Graham Kendrick, David Bilbrook, Dave Fellingham, Delirious, Chris of Richards, and many, many more well-known Christian worship leaders that have inspired the worship leaders of today. The electricity of um, worshipping together with uh, God's people for the glory of God has had a, a, a longer term impact. Now that day was one day. Now I'm sure from that festival, um, many like myself going away cheering and glorifying God, but as we went on into the week, things plummeted. Then we went up, then it went down. And that's the reality of life. I can say I was there at that amazing festival, but I can also say that I am there when my faith feels like it's falling apart. I, I'm with those that feel that, what is tomorrow gonna bring? The uncertainty of the everyday. And particularly in times such as this. When Jesus rode into Jerusalem, they shouted, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of the father David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Which is taken from Psalm 118, verse 26 and 27. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. From the house of the Lord, we bless you. The Lord is God and he has made his light shine on us. With bows, bows in hand, join in the festival procession. Up to the horns of the altar. These celebrations are electrifying but the reality of going back to the normalities of the day the new normals many of us are having to discover re-understand and uh, reorganize uh, our, our rhythm of life redo the rhythms of life in ways that we're unfamiliar with in ways that we could have never imagined in ways that we wish it wasn't but yet it is it is and you and I are able to find a new rhythm in life. We can still celebrate and gather together, scattered as we are, and raise a banner for the champion of the world is above all things. What is normality anyway? There is no real normal. The normal is being a child of God and living life. In response to that. Like you, I'm having to re-understand how I do church, how I work, how I live with my family, how I um, tolerate them and they tolerate me more than having to tolerate me. 
When I read this passage, several things come to mind. That royal procession, that royal reception. Every day we get a royal reception. I know you don't feel it when you wake up, but I know a royal reception awaits us when we wake up, when we enter into that consciousness that God is here that God is with us. We don't have to go up the mountain like they did. This, this climb from Jericho to, to Jerusalem was some near 4,000 feet. Um, Jericho was about 800 feet below sea level and Jerusalem was about 3,000 feet above sea level. And the road would have been dusty, dirty. There would have been desert places. I think it was approximately 12 miles or so of journey. Not that far, but far enough on foot a couple of days journey and Jesus and his disciples um, would have had to travel this uneven unstable dusty dirty bumpy road this dry land would have been real I wonder what was going through Jesus's mind as he was traveling from Jericho to Jerusalem and entering in to Jerusalem he knew how the week was going to end if we knew how the week was going to end, I wonder whether we'd run away. Jesus understands us more than we understand ourselves. And if we knew some of the things that were coming before us, could we really cope? Because if you're sitting and listening to this, you've coped so far. Because only in the chapter before this, Jesus predicts his death for the third time he says this in verse 32 of chapter 10 they were on their way up to Jerusalem with Jesus leading the way the disciples were astonished while those who followed were afraid again he took the 12 aside and told them what was going to happen to him we are going up to Jerusalem, he said, and the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death and will hand him over to the Gentiles who will mock him and spit on him, flog him and kill him. Three days later, he will rise. Jesus knew what he was entering into. He even told his brothers and sisters, those that are following him, what was going to happen. They couldn't comprehend the extent of that. This was his royal reception. We know as Christians that following Jesus is probably the most dangerous and toughest journey in the world, but it's the most fruitful one for discovering who we really are and how God sees us and how we can be lifted up, built up, strengthened, empowered for the glory of his kingdom. I was blessed to have my royal reception here at Breton Baptist Church and the buzz and the excitement was all electrifying and there's this danger that we all get whipped up now, I love excitement. I love being encouraged. Um, I'm an encourager. I love to encourage people. But I'm also a realist. I know that what lies before us is a big challenge. I'm not surprised at these times. 
For if you read chapter 13 of Mark's gospel, you'll get a full chapter, a full description of the challenges that lie ahead for those that follow Jesus Christ as their Lord and Saviour. We are not to take this lightly, but we are to embrace it because even when we read the Gospels, we start to, from there, go straight into the Acts of the Apostles because when we get faith in Jesus Christ, when we get the faith of Jesus Christ and allow it to flow through us, we find ourselves being moved by the power of God and then it touches other people and it moves people. It's a faith that moves us. And Mark's Gospel, chapter 13, reminds us of the big challenges that come ahead. And Paul, if you look at Paul, St. Paul, he, um, when he turned his eyes to Jesus, he was made blind. He preached the Gospel, yes, but then he was chased by his own people out of the city. He was shipwrecked at least twice. He was imprisoned several times. He was um, deserted by his own friends. He had a thorn in his side, among many things. Paul endured for the gospel. Every week he probably had something that was pushing against him. But the more it pushed against him, the more he pushed forward. And I want to encourage you to push forward this week because you have more to look for that you can do than what you feel you can't do. For God is showing us a new way. So as I started this service with Isaiah 60 verse 1 and 2, Arise, shine, for the light, your light has come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Sure, darkness covers the earth and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you. And the glory appears over you. We know as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ that we will always have light even in our darkest moments. And you know the best way to get your lamp refueled is to continuously to refuel your tank is to stop as verse 13 of chapter 11 says, the first 12, sorry, says, Jesus looks at everything. Jesus looks at everything. He stops, he looks. Before he turns the tables over, he looks at the temple. And goodness knows what was going through his mind. I can only imagine him coming up to Jerusalem and thinking, I really don't want to do this. I know what's going to happen. I know I'm going to walk into the temple and I'm going to be really annoyed. I know I'm going to walk into church and I'm going to be really annoyed because it isn't happening. The things aren't in place or there's nobody there or people are doing things that I don't agree with. He walks into the temple. He sees, he looks at everything. He looks at everyone. And I guess he was disappointed. And I bet he looked at the week thinking, I don't know how I'm going to get through this week. But he presses forward, presses on. Says this in um, verse 12. Jesus entered Jerusalem and went into the temple courts. 
He looked around at everything. But since it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. We all need to take a look at everything. We all need to take stock for a time such as this. A couple of helpful hints or tips of how to look at everything. Number one, limit the amount of bad news you are listening to. Try not to listen to bad news more than good news. Discipline yourself, making sure you get inspiration. Point two, listen to good news. Find something online with friends or family that makes you laugh together, not at each other, not at the expense of somebody else. Healthy joy. Point three, tip three, develop a new rhythm of your day. You ain't got no choice. So plan something. If not all your days, some of them with something to do. I know this is very different and will look different and you might have to think a little bit harder, but sit down, plan, write out, make notes about what you're going to do and put them into the, to the days ahead. Pause for thought, tip number four. Take regular short times to reflect on your relationship with God a Bible verse or a Bible passage or a Bible um, inspiration and devotion. Make notes, make a journal, start a journal, continue a journal, pray, listen to worship songs on the TV or on your mobile. Tip five, take control. Whether you've got plenty of time or whether you've got very little time, I find myself as busy as ever but I still have to reorganize myself because it's a new rhythm. So I have to make lists and I have to put appointments back in my diary, not the ones that were there, but new appointments that allows me to continue to remain connected. Take quality time to make lists for the now and the then and the days ahead and keep your calendar refreshed. This will help you develop a new rhythm, a new pattern of life. And it'll help you take back control. Remember your purpose. You have a purpose for living. You have a purpose. It just needs re-understanding. Maybe it needed re-understanding before this. If you are feeling you are not accomplishing much, then you are seriously mistaken. If you are like me and needing to do things, then check out the many new ways you can be active and involved. There are so many ways. Give us a call, email us, talk to the people that you know in your church. Be a part of connect groups. We're doing a lot of Zoom. If you want technical support, we will find a way of doing that. If you find yourself really busy and getting a little bit overwhelmed by it, stop and look at these tips and apply what is necessary to your life. It is time to look at everything. Jesus encourages us to look at everything.
Another thing I, I found very inspirational from this passage is the faith. And this is my main point, really. It's the faith of Jesus, the faith of God, and the faith of the followers, and the faith of the strangers. Jesus instructs the disciples, two disciples, to go and find the young cult. Uh, and if anybody asks you what you're doing, tell them. And they did that. And the person let them take the cult. So there's the faith of the disciples um, following the instructions. There's the faith of the people who allowed them to take the cult. There's the faith of the people that laid the cloaks on the, uh, on the path and cut the branches from the fields. Uh, and uh, wave them and there's the faith of the crowd shouting out Hosanna blessed is, the, is he who comes in the name of the Lord there's the faith of Bartimaeus just before that in chapter 10 says Jesus son of David have mercy on me there's faith uh, of those that shout out for Jesus the faith of the woman caught in a hemorrhage, um, bleeding for 12 years, reaches out and touches Jesus and is healed. The faith of the Roman officer who has authority um, to do anything and says to Jesus, um, heal my servant. But he doesn't expect Jesus to attend his home and be there physically. He says, I have faith in you. And Jesus says, I've not seen such faith faith that moves people that's the faith god is looking for the faith that moves by faith the disciples received the holy spirit my guess is that the disciples real joy came at pentecost for they hit a place of deflation depression desperation and defeat by the end of the week maybe that's how you we're feeling at the end of this last week. Deflated, depressed, desperate, defeated. That's where the disciples found themselves. And the thing that they needed wasn't the physical presence of Jesus, but the power of Jesus through the Holy Spirit. You know, there's this wonderful passage in John's Gospel, chapter 14. It talks about you know the way and the place where I am going. This um, festival week was the revelation of the kingdom of God upon us. The fulfilment of those promises and those prophecies. See, we want promises and prophecies fulfilled in a way that we've already um, you know, formed in our minds. Now, I'm not saying this coronavirus, by any stretch of imagination, is a uh, way of getting people to turn to Jesus. But it is no surprise, Paul, in all of his dilemma, found himself in Philippians 4.12, uh, uh, talks about that whether in hardship or plenty, he is content. Whatever happens, we should find a way of being content even in our little faith or huge faith. We should find ourselves being content because we have all the resources we need. Jesus reminds us that we do know where we're going. We may not know how the week is going to end up, but we know where it's all leading to. We know where we're going. We know that Jesus is going to return. We know it's all going to be restored. We know he is coming again. 
And it's through the Holy Spirit that gives us the ability to overcome the fears and the worries and to turn our, um, our faith that is lacking into a faith that is being overloaded within us, overflowing. It's about activating the Holy Spirit within us. And I want to encourage you where you are right now. If you're feeling low in any way, if you're feeling the pressure, the weight of the current situation or feeling isolated, remember you're not. Turn it around. You are scattered for a time such as this. If you're feeling that um, you don't know what your purpose and calling is, you've got a purpose. Don't get too hung up about calling and purpose. Jesus did exactly what he had to do. He had faith in the Father as the Father had faith in him. He even had faith in the disciples, in the followers, even though they denied him, even though Judas sold him out. He had faith that they would do what they needed to do. God has faith in all of us because he knows that we will do what we need to do. Don't underestimate the level of your faith. Your faith is what got you through this last week. Your faith is what will get you through this coming week. Your faith will cause you to move. Your faith will cause others to be moved. I want to come to our ending. I know I spent quite a bit of time already, but um, I want to show you the second clip to this little boy movie. Uh, this boy, um, I don't think he struggled in faith. He probably wondered why it wasn't working or working his way. And I think that's where many of us are. Our faith feels defeated or we feel defeated in our faith because it doesn't always work out the way that we pray. This little clip reminds us of how this little seven-year-old and his faith has the ability to move others in a more powerful and influential position than him. Watch this clip. Why don't you show me how you move the bottle? You want to see? Yes, I do. Why don't you try again?
It moved. No, you moved it. Yes, because you moved me to move it. See, I moved it because you wanted the bottle to move so much. And that, you could say, is how faith works. At least some of the time. See, the little boy's faith caused the man to move the bottle. When we follow Jesus into the week, we will be moved by his faith that moves through us and moves others. Chapter 10 of Mark's Gospel, verses 22 onwards, says this. Have faith in God, Jesus answered. Truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go, throw yourself into the sea, and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive your sins. See, faith has this ability of moving us. Moving us from doubting to believing, from seeing things from a negative perspective and turning them around to a much more productive perspective. This week alone, I've had such technolo technological issues, never before have I needed to rely on it than now. But do I let it defeat me? I was ready to come prepared to preach without notes at all. Um, I don't know, you, you, you see me preaching and I don't often use my notes, but I do rely on my notes. I didn't have time to rehearse it because of my computer issues that I was trying to resolve. We put our faith into a lot of things. We put our faith into a lot of people. But the faith that we should be putting into is our Lord Jesus Christ more than ever every day without the coronavirus um, uh, crisis lurking around us our faith should always be in Jesus the minute we take our eyes off Jesus the minute we lose perspective last week has come to an end last week was a big deal this week no doubt is a big deal but is it as a bigger deal as you need it to be? Jesus rode in knowing how the week was going to end. Jesus knows how this week's going to end and he's got us covered. So to get the best out of your week, to get through this week, know these things. Jesus has laid a royal reception for all of us that follow him every single day of our lives. So we start this week off with a royal reception. Jesus invites us to look around at everything and put into perspective against the promises of his word for us. 
your faith in him causes him to move through you and move others to be activated in life through him. I'll say that again. Your faith in him causes him to move through you and move others to be activated for life through him. You can pause it actually and play it again if you need to. When people see this, they may question the authority, but will know they lack faith. So will fear because of the lack of faith. Through your faith in Jesus and the faith of Jesus, you and I have authority from heaven to approach this week with power that comes from heaven. I pray that you and I continue to open ourselves up, to open our eyes, our hearts, our minds, our souls to Jesus so that by this time next week, you will be inviting each week to come because you have confidence in Jesus, knowing that you have this royal reception. And I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that you will hold these words in your heart and know that you have the authority that comes from heaven to overcome everything. If you're facing that dilemma of doubt or depression or deflation or deceit, then claim it in the name of Jesus. Say, be gone. I order you to go. We are in a spiritual warfare. I had a lovely time with the home group um, on Wednesday night about uh, spiritual, a little bit about spiritual warfare. I do believe that we are in um, a spiritual warfare. I think we've always been in a spiritual warfare. Um, I think sometimes we underplay it and sometimes we overplay it. Whatever you're facing, you have the authority of Jesus. If you've not given your life to Jesus and you've never claimed the authority of Jesus in your life, you've never invited the Holy Spirit into your life, I pray that you pause for a moment we're going to play a song for you to listen to and to respond in prayer. Please don't hold back, but allow Jesus to be your source of hope, of help, of deliverance. If you are filled with fear and your faith needs to increase and your fear needs to decrease, then let me pray for you. Let us pray. Almighty Lord, Father who created the heavens and the earth, I worship you. We worship you. Lord, there's so many people facing such uncertainties with people who have got relatives and friends that are infected by the disease. And maybe some among us who have lost loved ones and friends and colleagues. Lord, there are many among us who are fearing how they're going to cope financially, mentally. Jesus, we need you. They need you. I need you. Jesus, I invite you now to come into our lives. I pray that those that are praying, says, Jesus, I welcome you in to my life again. I welcome you for the first time. Forgive me, Lord, 
for I have not allowed your authority in my life. But today I allow your authority to be taken in my life. And I pray against any other authorities in my life. In the name of Jesus, all other authorities be gone. For I am a child of God and this is a new beginning. This is the first day of the rest of my life and I give it to Jesus who is the risen Lord, the one who can forgive us, who can deliver us. I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that we all each invite a fresh intake of the Holy Spirit to refuel our tank. Lord, we need to be reinvented physically, mentally, socially, spiritually, cognitively because we need to learn new rhythms of life and we want to be in a rhythm of life that glorifies your holy name. And I pray for my brothers and sisters today, give them the power that comes from heaven and lift them above the mountain, lift them on wings of eagles that they may um, soar above all of this and give you glory. Lord, I pray for those that are infected. I pray that they will be um, set free of the virus. I pray by the end of the week, Lord, before the end of the week, the dead will rise alive in Jesus. And I pray Jesus will have the victory. I pray that anybody that gets set free, anybody that's uh, delivered, anybody that's risen from the dead, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that you will be glorified because of it. And we will see on Sunday, Easter Sunday, millions of lives turn into you. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Stay around for coffee. Stay around for prayer. If you'd like prayer, please uh, just go to the uh, prayer um, host and um, request that prayer and people will uh, give you their support. And uh, if there's anything any of us can do over this next week to encourage you, to support you, to um, continue walking with you at a time such as this, then that's what we're here for. The church building is closed, but the church remains open. Stay blessed, stay connected, and stay in tune with the Lord. God bless you.